Welcome to the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. I am Steve Cox with the Rogers Lowell Area Chamber of Commerce. And this is kind of a continuation of our uh, last podcast that we recorded. Uh, if you listened to the episode, we spoke with uh, Michelle Wynn with Child Care Aware here in Rogers, uh, talking about the importance of early childhood education and resources that are available. And we're continuing that conversation today, but we are joined by Jamie Ward. Jamie is the president of Curricula Concepts, as well as the president of the Arkansas Association of Infant Mental Health and uh, has a lot of different programs and things working specifically in early childhood. And I'm actually uh, blessed enough to be able to serve on a task force with her uh, addressing early childhood needs and the importance throughout the uh, entire state of Arkansas. So uh, we are uh, grateful to have this conversation uh, with Jamie and we'll be uh, talking to her shortly here on the Chamber Voice of Business podcast. Well, Jamie, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to, uh, out of your very busy schedule, to uh, appear on our uh, our Voice of Business podcast here. And uh, before we get to the hard hitting journalistic questions, just how how are you doing? What, what's uh, how's how's twenty twenty one treating you so far? So far, so good. Actually, it's very very busy. Um, our our work in the field of early care and education never slows down. So it doesn't really matter what's going on in the rest of the world. We've got so there's there's not like a peak season or, or anything. No, Richard, this no. this is an ongoing thing. Okay, that's ongoing. good to know. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. So very busy. Um, lots of good things. Lots of good things going on. Lots of momentum about around a lot of great initiatives. So I'm happy to be here and to talk to you about them. Fantastic. I mean, before, again, before we get going too deep, we can't we can't talk about what's going on without talking about coronavirus. I mean, we we just kind of have to. Have you seen? From the, from the state perspective, we got a little bit of perspective from Michelle last week, uh, but with, uh, from the state perspective uh, in your work, how has coronavirus impacted early childhood, uh, specifically early childhood ed- education and, you know, infant and preschool care? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it's certainly impacted the field quite a bit. Um, early on, I mean, back in March of last year when, you know, everything kind of went down, um, lots of folks were closing and staying home and that kind of thing, but early care and education really never stopped in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Our child care providers stayed open. They continued providing the uh, quality services that they've been providing so that families who needed to go to work could go to work. Um, over time, though, you know, it has had some impact, of course, because um, as parents have, some have stayed home, they stopped taking their kids to childcare, which is an impact on the bottom line of many mm-hmm. childcare facilities. Um, there's been, you know, more and more kiddos diagnosed, I guess, or testing positive, um, mm-hmm. and so, which means quarantining issues, staff quarantining, all those things. But we have forever in early childcare had really high standards around cleaning and sanitization. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's something we're used to doing. Um, maybe we've stepped it up a notch now, but we do know overall as a state, I think the last report was that we've had 34 permanent closures uh, okay. of childcare facilities across the state, but we have had interestingly 99 new applications for licensure. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, What's really interesting is, you know, we're hearing from many states that there's, the closure rates are really, really high. Right. Uh, I mean, in fact, here we've had a net gain. Um, yeah. Well, I was just, I was asking, you said, you know, the 30 something, you know, 30, 34, I believe you said mm-hmm. uh, closures, you know, out of how many, like what was that percentage? You know, if that was 20%, that's something. If it was right. two, no, the, we, we stay at around 
2,000-ish licensed okay. programs in Arkansas, um, give or take on either side of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's a very small number. Now, have they been impacted? Absolutely. I mean, they um, are struggling, but you know what? We were struggling in this field before the pandemic ever hit, mm-hmm. uh, which is why, you know, we are working so hard Um with this early childhood and education task force that we have going now that you're a part of um, for, I mean, honestly, for us, the pandemic has been, we've seen some silver linings. And one of those is that we have been able to recruit all these folks from outside of our field who now see the critical nature of early care and education mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it just wasn't top of the radar before. And, and now it's really shining this light on this idea that we have to have good quality childcare in every community or people can't go to work. Yeah. It, it's, it's a workforce issue. It's a uh, generational talent issue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's economic yeah. mobility. Like there's so many things that just start at that foundation of early childhood education. Yeah. And, and again, while so many people have suffered and we, you know, don't want to minimize that at all. Um, it, it has given us the opportunity to really shine a light on what matters in early care and education and why it matters um, to have good, not just care for kids, not just access to care, which is important. Um, Access to to care is important, but access to quality care is really important. And I I would caveat that by saying quality, affordable care. And affordable, (laughs) absolutely. They can get really expensive. Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you talked about the, the task force and we'll we'll get into that here in a few minutes. Uh, but before we do, I just wanted to, you know, we, we start to understand the importance, but we're, uh, you know, we're many, you know, it's just been a past couple of years for me where my eyes were kind of opened of, wow, this really is a, a significant impact uh, and, and plays a significant role that conversation is really starting to happen more and more, not just locally, but statewide, nationwide. What do you think has been kind of the driving factor behind that of of this kind of increased uh, focus on on early childhood? You know, that's an interesting question because for me, it's always been super important. Right, yeah. (laughs) There there are so many people now, it seems like, it seems like we're getting a lot more attention now than ever before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, in Arkansas, you may or may not be familiar with Arkansas Better Chance Program, which is our state-funded pre-K program. Mm-hmm. It's been around for a really long time. We've gotten lots of national attention for our state-funded pre-K program. It's uh, lots, we do that really, really well. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, focused on three to five-year-olds while there are um, some infants and toddlers served. Um, through that program, it's a very small number. I mean, very, very small number. Um, so we've done that part really, really good. But what we know about brain development and all the research that has come out over the last now 10 years, 15 years about what's happening in the developing brain during those first three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, starting at age three is too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, you know, I'm not saying they all need to be in a classroom sitting at desk when they're <laughs> of course yeah two and three years good old luck, good luck hurting right. that yeah cats, that's not gonna happen but but paying attention to what's happening during those first three years of life is absolutely critical to the developing brain i mean it 
and what I mean by that is per, making sure that the nurturing responsive caregiving is taking place no matter what setting the child is in so whether it's at home with the parents and that's lovely and great although we know many and most parents are working and those right. baby toddlers are in out of home care somewhere whether it be in a child care center or a grandparent or whoever it is taking care of them it is they have to be with someone who is nurturing and responsive mm -hmm. um, it's it's we kind of say it's all it's never we never just talk about baby it's always baby plus one right <laughs> that's how a baby learns and grows is by is through interactions with yeah have to be taught yeah there, there's instinct to some level but so again, I, higher brain functions have to be learned i think that i mean i really think that you know i'll never forget it's been years ago now 15 maybe longer years ago that dr jack shonkoff came to arkansas children's hospital he's from harvard and he did this presentation on uh, this lecture series they, they were holding and his presentation was on um, the effects of stress on the developing brain. And I remember so vividly walking out of that and to my colleague that I was with saying, how can we ever go back now? I mean, mm -hmm. now that we know that <laughs> and know that what the science is like, now every decision we make from here on is, is forever changed because of that. And I think as more and more of that science has been has come out and has been made, you know, available to the general public and people are seeing those things and beginning to understand them a little bit better. I'm, I'm hopeful that that that's why it's getting more attention is because people are now saying, oh, my goodness, you know, I didn't know that was happening. I knew they were important years, but I didn't know that that was going on in the brain at that time. And we got to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, it, it's been fascinating. I think there was a study or a, a statistic I heard somewhere. I can't, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you know this better than me. Um, but it was along the lines of a brain scan of an infant at like two was able to predict grade leading, reading level upon graduating high school or something along those lines. I can't remember the, the specific of that, but it was, it focused in on that. You talked about three being too late. We talked about a brain scan there and seeing the, the synaptic connections and that was able yeah. to predict so many future things yeah, so many things i mean and then you know we get what we hear most about i think is you know what's happening as they come into kindergarten mm -hmm. well, my goodness i mean by that time the disparity i mean that gap can be so wide um that it's can it still be overcome absolutely because our brains are plastic and you know we can yeah oh yeah absolutely learn, we can still learn new things but that but it's easier mm -hmm. if we do it during those you know sensitive time periods of development and right it, we're all running the 100 yard dash but some kids get to start at the 50 yard line type thing yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure for sure yeah. so, um looking at the 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 task force that that is going on right now um could you could you talk a little bit about that and kind of what the what the end goal is and, and how it all came together just for for people that might not uh, might not know what what work is being done across the state yeah so i'm a partner um in a lead team that is funded by the pritzker children's initiative which is a group out of illinois and we have been tasked with over the next uh, well, actually, we're in the middle right now of a three-month project, three-month, three-year project, um, looking at 
um, education and health disparities in our state and you know sort of trying to advance in both of those areas and one of our um, strategies to do that for early care and education was to develop this task force um, we decided very early on that we wanted to recruit members to the task force um, from outside of our field of early care and ed because we mm -hmm. know that we need friends outside like we've been singing this song for a really long time right and we know to push the needle we need to bring other people on board and so uh, we made a real intentional effort last summer to start recruiting business leaders, faith leaders, and philanthropic organizations. And I think I had individual calls with everybody that we recruited, <laughs> um, you know, tried to tried to sell it to everyone. Yeah. Could. Um, and actually, we ended up with a just really super group of people. And so I think we have nine local chambers. We have the state chamber of commerce on board. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got um, several uh, philanthropic organizations, a couple of faith congregations, and then, you know, uh, some uh, leaders from within our field, some stakeholders within our field. So we started meeting in October, we're meeting monthly through May. Um, and the, the hope is that through this time together, not only, you know, we tried to lay the foundation in October and November, why mm -hmm. is this even important? What does the landscape of early care and education look like in Arkansas? Like really lay the foundation there. And then each month since we've been looking at things like cost of care. So affordability that you talked about, um, access, um, some innovations around business models, um, our workforce. That's a, that's something we could have an entire podcast conversation on is oh yeah <laughs> and barriers that our workforce faces i'm talking about our early care and education workforce and yeah no I, and, and i i see it from the perspective of lack of access to early child care and education is causing workforce issues yes yeah so i mean i know in your area in northwest arkansas i mean we hear all the time you know folks struggle struggle with getting um you know highly qualified staff in their building mm -hmm. to take care of kids because they can go to Chick-fil-A and make so much more money. Um, and so we're talking about making chicken sandwiches versus molding the brains of young children. Right. <laughs> you exactly. know, and we need but those, those sandwiches are so good. Though. Right. They really are. They really <laughs> are. Um, but so the task force um, is hearing this information month after month from we've been able to pull in you know, national experts for you guys to listen to mm -hmm. with the hope that by March, April, uh, we are starting to form some recommendations, some policy recommendations, some administrative recommendations, whatever it might be. Um, I assume or hope that we'll have short-term and long-term recommendations to consider. Right. And then we'll take those as a, as a team. Um, our group's called Excel by Eight Foundations. Mm -hmm. that's sort of leading all of this work and begin to work with um, communications firm to try to, you know, to get that information out, to work with some advocacy groups um, as well as ourselves as advocates um, to hopefully advocate for some of those changes that we come mm -hmm. up with. So, yeah, are, are you just, you know, being partway through it, understand, you know, there's still, still work to be done and we've got a few more months, but are you seeing any anything glaring or jumping out at you thus far through, throughout the task force that you're like, okay, this is definitely going to be in the final report. I think, I think there are some things that, that have 
kind of risen to the top for some of our members. Um, mm -hmm. We've talked some about our the TEACH program that we have in Arkansas. And right now, um, so the Arkansas Early Childhood Association is the what we call the TEACH Home, TEACH mm -hmm. originated in North Carolina, but that's a scholarship and mentoring program for early care and educators uh, for our workforce. So right mm -hmm. now we have funding to be able to offer about 55 scholarships for higher ed degrees um, for members of our workforce. And that's okay. like, that, I mean, that pays for tuition, books, travel, paid time off, um, like it, the gamut. It pays. Wow. For. Um, we pay for 90% of costs. The, the recipient is um, responsible for 5%. And then the program they work for is responsible for 5%. Um, so we would love to expand that. I mean, we, yeah. that started in July of, of 19. Um, mm -hmm. We issued those scholarships very quickly and have a waiting list, you know, so we have. Uh, please go ahead. No, just so we have lots of interest. Lots of interest. Yeah, if, if someone is listening and does or is interested in, in learning more about that, where could someone learn more information about that program? Yeah, so they could go to the Arkansas Early Childhood Association website. So mm -hmm. just Google Arkansas Early Childhood Association. Of course, I mean, if you list my contact information on here anywhere, they can get in contact with me and I can immediately, I'm, I happen to be on that board. Um, mm -hmm. So I can immediately get them connected um, to, the, to the AECA office and get, um, get information in their hands. So I think that that could be, you know, Something that the task force thinks about recommending expansion in some way. So maybe mm -hmm. funding um, in other areas. What, what's really interesting about TEACH is that it doesn't have to all come from federal or state dollars. You know, a community or a philanthropic group could say, hey, we want to invest $50,000 or whatever it might be. Um, but and we want it all targeted to this zip code or to this city. You know, mm -hmm. so they don't have to necessarily invest in the program and it be spread statewide we can be very specific about um where those investments are going so that's kind of interesting um there's continued to be some talk around um uh replicating a model of a tax credit that was um that's been done in louisiana and has been very successful um uh, we have didn't have much luck with that um last time how, how would that work so there's a couple of so Louisiana actually has a pretty comprehensive model where the uh, you know the the worker receives receives a refundable refundable tax credit. Mm -hmm. um, the parent does based on the level quality level program. Right. The, the director does based on their. I mean, so they sort of have comprehensive. What we want to look at is the the worker the worker. Mm -hmm. So what we would love to see is that are based on their education level so that maybe that would um, encourage folks to increase that education, mm -hmm. level, which is what we would hope. Um, based on the education level, they would receive a refundable tax credit. Um, you know, uh, the deal is, in my view, though, it's got to be enough to encourage somebody to increase their educational level. Well, yeah, especially like, with the cost like I'm not going to do it for 100 bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but um, so trying to figure out how we could make that work in Arkansas um, 
it, it's going to take some thought leaders like you and you know others like you to figure out oh, me me and thought leader that's definitely not a comparison you want to <laughs> want to have there <laughs> no, we need you steve we need should, should should not be in the same sentence well, no. and, and i mean in all honesty you know a, a lot of the things that we have wanted to do or tried to do um for a long time. I mean, like I said earlier now, I mean, what we know is we have to have folks behind us and we have to have business leaders like you saying, we need these things to happen because this is what we need for our community to thrive and be successful. Absolutely. And, and, and if we don't have support from folks like you, I mean, it's going to continue like it has and the whole lot's not going to change. Well, I don't want to try to blow up kind of bigger a play saying that we're playing a bigger role than we are as a chamber i mean what what we're doing is trying to convey that message to our members and then getting our members active uh, in doing this i mean because they're they're the ones that are doing it we're we're just we're just taking the work that you're doing and helping trying to help spread the message to get more people plugged in and i just you know, I, I've said this in some of our, our meetings uh, for the task force and you know i'll say it publicly again here it's you got to get the buy-in from the business community because when they see it as early childhood as not just an investment in their business because their employees can have you know more reliable care so they don't have to worry about child care issues and can increase productivity that way and then also an investment into this is your future of this is your future business your future workers your future customers so you really need to be investing in them so that way you can be successful you know 15 20 years down the road so it's a long-term game but it's you know it pays off though yes it's definitely a long-term game and i think that's what makes it hard for so many people is we want you know quick fixes specifically in the business community i mean it's gotta you know but we know i mean we you know those earliest years are when we're that's when we need to be teaching like self-regulation and problem mm -hmm. solving and getting along with others and taking turns, you know, all the things that end up being skills that we need when we're adults, right? Right. Wasn't there a book or a play, like everything I needed to learn, yes. I learned kindergarten. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but really it's before kindergarten. It should, yeah, it should, everything I learned, I learned. Uh, I, I say all the time, you know, we, we have folks say, well, by the time they get to kindergarten, they need to be able to write their name and they need to be able to, you know, do all these things. And I always say, I guarantee you, because I've been a teacher, if I would rather have a child come to my classroom who knew how to self-regulate, mm -hmm. knew how to problem solve, you know, knew how to do that, I can teach them those, those other things. I can teach them. Right. But it takes a lot longer <laughs> to develop those other skills that yeah. some people say soft skills, which I say are not. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I was about to say soft skills, but I'm glad I didn't now. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, because they're, they're life skills that you have well, yeah. to have. I mean, we Absolutely. all put in Walmart with the adult who has no patience mm -hmm. and can't self-regulate and stand there quietly, right? Right. Well, that and then just um, you talk to HR professionals and employment and, you know, consistently you, you can survey employers across the board and consistently a top three factor in hiring is, you know, the life skills, the soft skills, the unteachables. Yeah. Showing, showing up on time wearing appropriate clothing for for the workplace yeah. uh passing a drug test i mean that's been it's stuff like that respect working teamwork problem solving like all things that you can learn that aren't learned in, in the classroom that need to come from outside and the, i mean the window of opportunity for teaching those things starts very very early in life mm -hmm. very very early before they get to kindergarten and if we miss that mark 
then it's just like everything else. It's more difficult to teach those skills later. We can still do it, but it's much more difficult. That self, learning curve just self, increases exponentially. I mean, self-control is one that's right. know, a biggie um, that a lot of us are still learning <laughs> in many areas of our life. Well, and, and, you know, being, being quarantined this past year and all that fun stuff, you know, that, that's, where that, that's where that got really put to the test. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you can't exactly. control yourself. We, and I, don't, I, t- I talk, a, you know, of course, I mean, this is my, my background. This is what I've done my whole career, but so the workforce really is, I'm very passionate about the workforce, but I, a huge piece of what I do as part of curricula concepts, my company is to work with families. Mm-hmm. And we, I definitely uh, don't want to give the impression that I don't, I absolutely value parents as the child's first teacher. Right. Uh, absolutely, I do. But I also know, so I do everything I can day to day to day to day to give parents and families the resources that they need to be successful. Of course. Uh, because I hear over and over again, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I wish I'd have known that, you know, that kind of thing. Nobody teaches you that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I know is most parents work. Yeah. You, you live in the reality that. Yeah. And kids you know, are either a single parents. single parent or two yeah. two uh, working parents in the same they're, house. They're in care of some yeah. kind, and so we have got to tackle the issues around all the challenges that our workforce faces. I mean, we've got the data. We've done workforce studies here in Arkansas around early care and ed. We know that they're underpaid, they're undereducated, they're stressed, they're hungry, they're depressed, they're all the things. Um, and if we don't tackle some of that, I mean, we have folks. Those are the people that we have, again, literally shaping the brains of children. Mm -hmm. They are developing those babies' brains. And if they're stressed about their light bill, you know, that's going to have an impact on what they can do with the kids in their care. So I guess that's why I'm so passionate about that population. Although families, working with families is also a huge piece of what I do just on the day-to-day, you know. Yeah. Well, but again, it's, it's an investment, you know, you're investing it, you know, it's like teachers, you know, I, I personally, I'm not, you know, take making a claim on behalf of the chamber or anything. Personally, I think teachers should be paid more for the, for the work that they do and the important role that they play and same for, same for early childcare, you know, but the fact cost becomes a, a factor at that because most child cares are privately run. And so they have payroll and taxes and all that stuff they have to worry about too. So, so then like this minimum wage increase, you know, on one hand, we're really excited about it because mm-hmm. that's very helpful for our workforce. On the other side of that, we know that's probably going to fall on the backs of parents. That cost is going to go to the consumer. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's just, there's got to be a different, better way. There's got to maybe, be. A maybe Star Trek had it right. Just get rid of money altogether. <laughs> I'm down with that. Yeah. We, that, that could fix it. I could totally get down with that. <laughs> That, that's my nerdiness coming out there. That, that would relieve uh, all of our worries for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I've kept you for about half an hour here. And so understand you, you've got a lot going on today. Do you have any, uh, any, any other points or, or topics that you want to hit on or, or any final statements before we uh, wrap this up? I don't think so. Just, I mean, thank you for, for being willing to just share this information with your audience and the people who listen. And, you know, if I can be a resource to anybody, I'm more than happy to do that. And you're, I hope you'll share my contact info and folks can reach out to me um, as they need to or want to. 
Absolutely. And will there be a uh, final kind of a final report based upon the uh, the task force meetings? And when could we expect to see that? And I'd love to have you back on to uh, to talk about that when it's when it's released. Yeah, so we're hopeful that we will um, have consensus around some recommendations in May, May, okay. May June, I would say. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, we'll do some work with the communications group to roll that out in a nice, pretty way. But I could right. certainly talk about them at any time after they're completed. So, that, yeah, great. So, second half of the year, we definitely, yeah. uh, definitely get you back on, and we can, uh, you know, talk about those recommendations and how that can apply uh, apply locally. So, yeah, we're we uh, appreciate all the work that you're doing. We we know it's 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 challenging, it's difficult, but getting out there and, and working passionately for our for our kids and our workers every single day, it's uh, definitely definitely going to change some lives so we uh, we appreciate your work as well jamie thank you so all right well thank you for joining us today here on the uh, chamber voice of business podcast <laughs>